Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Town Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at All Day Packers, and I'm joined by Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. And, of course, we are back to discuss another Packers victory, this time over the Seattle Seahawks, this time a 17-0 shutout, first shutout since 2018, I'm pretty sure, against the Buffalo Bills. Um, the offense was not great. It was really, really hard to watch for most of the game, but the defense, I mean, it's like every week we come out of the game talking about, wow, we might have a defense this time for real another week wow we might have an actual like elite defense that maybe can carry us throughout the playoffs Braun, how are we feeling after that victory yeah griff a lot of good things on the defensive side of the ball which we've seen a lot recently in these past several games um, but of course a lot of things to clean up on the offensive side of the ball as we saw um, like you said 17 points only scored on offense and and to hold the seattle offense to zero with this defense um, you know i thought it was a great outing for this defense of course and um, but there is work to do on the offense, and we'll get into all that, Griff. Of course, people are going to point at Russell Wilson's injured finger, even though he's the one who decided to come back, and he's the one who acted like he was uh, you know, performing a miracle by coming back on the field after three, what, four weeks maybe. But anyways, people are going to attribute the loss or the Seattle loss to that, which is, is fair because he was clearly not 100%, but I think, I mean, he has not been good at Lambeau Field his entire career. He drops to 0-5. I wish I had the exact stats, but it's like, you remember that 20, 2016 game and during the run-the-table stretch when the Seahawks came to Lambeau, and he threw, I think he threw six interceptions, and he threw no touchdowns this game, obviously, and two interceptions. So I'm pretty sure his touchdown to interception stats at Lambeau Field have to be absolutely absurd. And um, not to mention Joe Barry, coming from the Los Angeles Rams last year, who played Russell Wilson three times last year, 2020, including once in the playoffs. In all three games, Russell Wilson could not do anything. Zips, zip, zilch, nada, nothing. And a lot of that translated into this game, because clearly he did not he did not know where to go with the ball. You can blame it on the finger, but some of his decisions that he made, including the the interception in the end, both interceptions were like, where are you going with that football, Russell? So I think this defense has clearly proven to give him a lot of trouble, and it, it, they performed very well. And Joe Barry, I mean, we were we were not very excited about Joe Barry the first two weeks of the season, especially after that Detroit game where Jared Goff looked like Tom Brady. But ever since then, ever since week three, week four, he has just been he's been coaching these guys up, and the amount of injuries that we've had on the defense side of the ball is is absurd and they're still playing at such a high level every single week I mean it's really just a credit to Joe Barry and his coaching abilities and the staff that he's put together yeah you have to love what this defense has done I mean it's doing things that we haven't seen in years from a def- from a defense with an Aaron Rodgers quarterback football team I mean just think about how well they're playing and some of the defenses we've had over the years and it's like even in some of the bad moments it never reaches some of those same things we were feeling in years where we felt like we could win the Super Bowl and came up short because of the defense. It feels like this year, this defense is truly a Super Bowl caliber unit, and it feels like we're very close to being on that level to where, yes, we can easily be talked about as the best team in the league because we have that defense and we've got the quarterback to back it up, and, and we throw all that together. I think the offense has to get in, in sync a little bit better, but I feel like it will. Having this defense playing this way and this well at this time of year, um, that's the key. And if they continue to do that and continue to get healthy with Jair and hopefully uh, Z coming back in the, in the future, hopefully closer to the bye week, uh, at, probably after the bye week, they would both be in, in line for coming back talks. But yeah, once those guys are back and, and everything else kind of falling into place with this defense, that's, that puts us in a great position. So I'm excited about the future of this team based on how well this defense is playing. We have no timetable for their return, but I just I cannot wait for them to come back because knowing how they're playing right now, it can really only go up because um, the pass rush is playing so well. Granted, we've played a few not great offensive lines, but still the fact that they're playing as well as they are is, is definitely a good thing considering the injuries and um, the secondary. What more can we say about the secondary? Jerry Gray, the what is he, the cornerback coach or the defensive back coach? But he he's in line for a defensive coordinator job for sure because it's like we're playing with Rasul Douglas, who was on a practice squad a month ago, and Eric Stokes, who is a rookie and playing, who just played his 10th game of his career in the NFL. It's 
the the fact that we're able to contain the big play like we are, I, we do not give up long deep passes. We really don't, and that was such a backbreaker for the Mike Penton defense in eighteen and nineteen and twenty, and it just it's gone away. We really don't allow that kind of stuff anymore, and that's a huge thing. We're forcing offenses to be patient. Russell Wilson, his first game back, he doesn't want to take the check down a million times in a row. He's looking to force it deep to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, which he's done for the past three seasons, and we just we're not allowing that. Adrian Amos has been so well has played. So so well so is darnell savage and we're just keeping everything in front of us and nothing nothing's going nothing's going past 20 yards on this defense adrian amos looked like a, a receiver at times out there catching those deep balls from from wilson he had nearly three picks i think at least three he had the one and then there was multiple balls thrown after that by russ that were just awful throws and amos was in the best position to catch them and, and he could have if it weren't for a couple you know drops and things like that but you know, just the way that this defense is playing, Amos looked great. You mentioned Savage as well. Like, he's playing some of his best ball, and he is flying all over the field, making big plays. Those safeties have been so great, and you can't say enough about how well they're kind of holding everything down in the back end, especially with, the, like you said, the lack of experience at corner. And, you know, like the, we don't have Jair back there right now. So it's great that those guys are continuing to play really well and hold things down. Uh, but Stokes... He looks better and better. Like, he looks more comfortable every week, and he's making plays against guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. The one bad play he's had where it's like you could clearly tell that he wasn't playing well was that DeAndre Hopkins play at the beginning of the Cardinals game. And other than that, I can't think of a bad play from this kid, and he's played the full season nearly, starting games. Incredible. And you have to mention Rasul Douglas, of course. He's continued and continued to play well and, and show why he deserves to be in this lineup, along with Kevin King who we've criticized in the past. He has not played well in, in, in years past. But this year, he's, you know, ever since like about week five and beyond, he's been hurt, but he's also played really well when he has been in there. And he had a pretty solid game. Uh, you know, these past few, he has had a really solid games. Um, but he's continuing to put good stuff on tape and had that pick of Russell Wilson as well. So things are falling into place. And like I said, Jair coming back, Z coming back at some point, that makes this defense really scary. King's snap counts have gone down, and he's playing some in the slot now, but uh, he's just, he's played so much better. I think it's, I don't know what it is. I really don't. Are we just asking less of him one-on-one with receivers? That might be it, because we know he's got the physical abilities. He's long. He's, I don't want to call him athletic, but he's long. He's physical. You know, some of these receivers, he's just able to take out of ball games. But it's it's when he's starting for us opposite Jair Alexander on the sideline against Scotty Miller right before the halftime in the NFC Championship game. That's not the exact position we want him in, you know. But he's he's kind of found a good role for himself, and it's going to be an even better role when Jair comes back and he can push him down the depth chart even a little bit more. But um, the pass rush has been incredible. Preston Smith had 10 pressures on Sunday. Rashawn Gary had uh, Rashawn Gary had four. Kenny Clark has been a monster in the middle with eight pressures. Sadly, uh, Whitney Merciless is done for the year. He had three pressures on Sunday. He's played he's played really well over the what five, four, three games. I can't even remember. I think it's four games that he's been in Green Bay. He's played really well and he's been a really nice nice depth depth piece while Zadarius has been out. But sadly, he's out for the year. Um, it's we, we really need help at the outside linebacker edge rusher position because we're down to who are we down to? I mean, Gary, we're not sure with Gary yet. I mean, they're hoping he could play with a brace as soon as even in this matchup with Minnesota next week. But, um, you know, if he was to not go, it's Preston, it's Jonathan Garvin and it's Tipa Galei. Uh, he was on the practice squad. They signed him to the to the roster. Uh, Ladarius Hamilton is on the practice squad. He might be elevated for the game. So, I mean, they've got bodies, but they definitely need more. And if Rashawn can't go, that's going to be an issue. And the pass rush could certainly be a problem. Yeah, either way, I think they're going to figure it out, especially this week against Minnesota, whose offensive line is notoriously bad. And their center, Garrett Bradbury, who should should play this Sunday, is notorious, notoriously bad against Kenny Clark. And I'm sure he, he dreads having to play Kenny Clark twice a year because throughout Bradbury's entire career, 
Kenny Clark has just absolutely demolished him in every meeting between the Packers and Vikings. So uh, I don't think the pass rush should be that much of an issue this week, knowing who we're playing. But um, yeah, I mean, Braun, when was the last time that we've opened with the defense and not the offense on this podcast? It's It's been a long time. This season really has the feel of, of 2019, which a lot of people have made the point. But it's like the, the offense is not playing very well <laughs> at all, especially coming out of this game. And the defense is just playing really well and surpassing all of our expectations. And it doesn't matter how well the team is playing because somehow this team just continues to find find ways to win and I know that's such like a like a dumb football head thing to say with this team finds ways to win but they really do at some point we have to sit back and just say wow this is incredible Matt LaFleur back-to-back 13 and three seasons were eight and two through 10 weeks uh including one of those games with Jordan Love it's it's instant it's insane that this team is always able to win games when the offense can have games like they had on Sunday where they put up three points in the first half in the first three quarters and only score 17. It's a lot It's a lot due to the defense and it's a lot more due to Matt LaFleur, I think. I think he's just such a good coach that he's able to pull us out of games like this. It's so interesting, Griff, right? Because it feels like, like 2019, the offense wasn't clicking and the defense was getting all those turnovers and, and being opportunistic enough to put us in position to win games. 2020, it was like the offense, obviously, clearly the best in the league, firepower, Rodgers, MVP, lighting it up, 40-plus touchdowns, and then the defense was like costing us in big moments, and even though it was playing well at times, it just couldn't get the job done, obviously, in the end. And this year, it's backwards again, where it's like this defense is playing better than it's been since, you know, we talk about the Super Bowl year. That was probably the last time it was this good. And the offense is just quite not there yet, and I'm hoping it gets back to where it was last year because that's when we become the clear Super Bowl favorite. And we, we, I feel like we will. It's just, why do you think it hasn't been that way yet? Is it the injuries? Is it David Bakhtiari not being there? Is it the you know, Devontae Adams with the COVID and then Rodgers getting COVID and all these different moving parts? MVS being out for a while, kind of disrupting all their deep passing game, you know, losing Tunyon. Lazard going down, all these different like – we've had issues uh, along this offense, uh, the rookies on the offensive line. What do you think it is that has caused this offense to not be up to what we've seen last year, the best offense in the league? I, I really don't know, man. It's all season I've been waiting for the offense just to look like it has. And, you know, they've had their fair share of obstacles with the COVID and all the injuries that they've had and MVS being gone with giving us literally no deep threat. But it's all these things come back. I mean, we're still waiting on Bakhtiari. It's been like a month now, Braun, that every week we've been like, oh, Bakhtiari, he could play this weekend. He probably will play this weekend. <laughs> and he never plays. But uh, it's the offensive line has not played very well. Uh, relative to how they played last year obviously they lost a bunch of guys on that on that side of the offense um but Aaron Rodgers I don't think is playing as well why I have no idea I can't answer that for you I really don't know is it the offensive line maybe but is it is it the way defenses are playing him maybe because it's a lot of this we've been talking about the the bootleg stuff the play action bootleg stuff where he rolls out to the left and hits Tanya in last year a million times and it gives him a million touchdowns and a million first downs it was like it was our bread and butter play last year but all year we've been talking about why why aren't we seeing that and it, Maybe maybe it was due to the fact that we don't have David Bakhtiari. That could be that could be a reasonable explanation. But I think it's just a league wide shift of how they're covering those plays and how they're covering outside zone, where the the unblocked defender on the side that the quarterback rolls out to is taught to now just crash the quarterback. And that's happened so many times, Ron. Think about this. When Rodgers fakes it, rolls out to his right, and there's an unblocked defender who's supposed to be unblocked, but instead of trying to cover Tanyan, who he has no chance, or Deguara now, I guess, who he has no chance of covering, he instead just rushes straight toward Aaron. And Aaron has to either try to throw it to Deguara and it's not going to get there, or just spike it into the ground. That's happened a million times. I feel like their defenses are just getting much better at defending this branch of offense, the Shanahan, the McVay, the the LaFleur styles of offense, and we've really not been able to counter it. The run game is not as good as it was last year, but it's 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 kind of the only thing we have going for us on offense at times. But still, it's just the passing game, all of it is just it's just not as good. And you have to wonder if Matt LaFleur I feel like a lot of the issues are in the red zone as we know. What could we be doing better? What is it? Is it the personnel thing? Is it losing Corey Lindsley and not and not having David 
and then losing guys to injury and just maybe Rodgers feels a little bit more uncomfortable than he normally does, and for a decent reason because the offensive line just hasn't been playing as well, and he has he doesn't have those same core guys that he's had for so long. Um, is that part of it, or is it that Rodgers doesn't feel as comfortable with the guys that he's got out there catching the ball on some of those plays that it used to be Robert Tunyon? And without MVS, there is no deep threat, and the numbers aren't as good, and the touchdowns aren't there. What is it really? Because the running game is probably at its peak on the Matt LaFleur era with the fact that you've got these two guys, Aaron Jones, who's, you know, he's in his prime and AJ Dillon is, you know, this is his second year and he's blossoming and we've seen how well he's played this year. You've got two elite running backs and you would think that the the running game and, and then going off of that with the play action, you'd think that would be giving the passing game more success, but it just hasn't really. The play action stuff just hasn't been there. I love Aaron Rodgers, obviously, and I don't think, you know, I don't think it's him. Like, it's not like he is the reason that we're not as good on offense. There's a lot of moving parts, but the good thing is we've got time to make corrections. Guys are coming back. You know, we just saw MVS make his return, and David's now expected. You know, Matt LaFleur says he hopes that he'll be ready for this game, and it'd be nice for Aaron to have David back there at left tackle. We'll then get Elton in a different spot and kind of – you know, we still have Billy there, and, and it'll be a little bit kind of a sharper operation, I would think, to get David back in the fold and not have a guy like Royce Newman or John Runyon, one of those younger players, in the mix. But, uh, you know, for the most part, there's a lot to clean up on offense, and we have to wonder where that really lies because you'd have to think they've been trying to fix some of these issues, but it seems like the things that they're even trying um, haven't created that same success that we saw in 2020 with Aaron Rodgers as the MVP. Maybe it was just Aaron's play. I don't know. It's so hard to say, but there's so many moving parts. You can't really say for sure. Everything just gelled so so quickly and so well last year where we were just able to do everything that we wanted to on the offensive side of the ball. We didn't face much adversity. Uh, we didn't have any injuries, really. Like There was hardly any injuries on the offensive side and the defensive side, for that matter. So obviously, we're going to regress the meat in that department, and we have. But um, just... I don't know. I think it's just Aaron, like, he hasn't, I don't think he's playing as poorly as he did in 2019, but we're kind of seeing some of the same things, right? Where he's trying to force it deep a lot of the time. Maybe not force it, but he's looking to go deep when the defense is saying, we're not going to let you go deep. We're going to, everything from zero to 20 yards is golden. He's so good in that area, especially the zero to 10 yard range. It's like defenses are going to give you that stuff because they're taking away the deep ball. And a lot of the times he's just, he's looking for the deep ball a little bit too much and he's trying to force it. We saw so many times, uh, I think we had two Lazard drops, maybe not drops, but passes that hit him in the hands where it's, it's like, should he have made that catch? Yeah. Are they bad throws? No. The one throw that Lazard had, like he was covered by a linebacker. The linebacker wasn't turned around and it was dropped right in the bread basket, as we say, Bron. And it hit him in the hands and he just couldn't hang on to it. It's like there's not bad throws. They're not bad drops, but it's there's so many bodies back there because defenders are trying to take that pass away because it's just more efficient if, if the defense allows things uh, shorter than 20 yards and shorter than 10 yards. They're trying to take away all the deep stuff. So there's just going to be more bodies in the deeper areas of the field. So it's sometimes, man, I just want to tell Aaron, just hit the check down, which is so over overused. Everyone says that, but for real, just hit the check down, take the hitch, take the mesh route. You just stop, man. Just stop trying to go deep with every single play because the offense is so much more efficient when he just goes five yard pass, six yard pass, four yard pass, screen for 10 yards. It's everything works so much better when when he's not doing the seven step drop and ch- chucking it forty yards for an incompletion. You know, I want to see Rodgers going deep more. I, I I just think now with MVS being back and the lack of success we've had with it this year, I want to see that deep passing more because we had so much success with it in twenty twenty. We can get Alan Lazard running those routes. He's he's had deep success before. MVS now being back, obviously we saw a pretty good connection for 41 yards with them. Rodgers just has to hit those throws, and I feel like if we start to do it more, he'll just get obviously more progressed with doing it in this offense again, having the guys that he's been playing with for a while. He'll get back into the flow of things, and as he said last year, Chicks dig the long ball. He'll have to kind of get in that mode again and and have to throw the ball deep. I want to see more deep stuff. 
there's a difference between what we've been doing more of recently, which is having those multiple wide receivers going empty, having even even having four wide receivers on the field at one time. Um, you know, we've seen that, but we haven't seen the the level of deep passing. And it doesn't take four receivers to go deep. It only takes one or two to to, ha- to have that kind of success. And I feel like that comes off the play action best. Our deep passing game worked so well when the play action was on, and we're only doing it with maybe one or two guys running deeper routes on a singular play. I feel like we need to see some of that stuff again. Matt LaFleur has had a lot of just everything this year is like you said, it's more intermediate. It's within that 20 yard range where Rogers, obviously he's slicing and dicing in that range too, but I'd love to see them really open it up. And it doesn't mean, like I said, maybe they don't need to go empty. They just need to kind of run more play action, deep shots. I want to see that, that that's the kind of thing we need to have more big plays and cause that'll create the threat of the big play more often. And then the running game will have more success. And I feel like there'll be you know, it just it's easier to do that, but it's hard to do it against the two shell stuff that you know Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers just despise. Um, they have to find a way to get some of those things open, even against that those two safeties deep. They have to find a way to get some deep stuff going for this offense to really come to its come into its own. Yeah, it just hasn't been there this year, man. I'd, I'm hoping they figure it out. Every week, I'm thinking, hopefully, the offense just looks like we did last year, and there's really nothing that no reason why I should believe it will, but. You know, maybe Aaron just one week decides I'm gonna turn it on and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start playing like an MVP again because I mean I didn't think he played that bad really he had a lot of drops a lot of his passes were hitting his guys in the hands um, and that throw to Lazard that Lazard couldn't hang on to it was that was one of best throws of the year so far it was on a dime. And uh, unfortunately, Lazard couldn't hang on, so it's not going to be on any highlight reel. But he played. Lazard had a rough game. I feel like. I don't. I feel like yeah. Allen had a not great game. He 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 should have caught more passes that went his way. Even the one that was a bit underthrown, Roger said it went into the wind, and he thought he was going, you know, with the wind, and it just kind of got ducked into the wind. Even that was like, it's not egregious. Like catch the ball. Like these guys have to start yeah, making right. plays for Aaron. Like, it's just hard for like Aaron can't catch the ball too. Like he's putting the ball in spot. And of course he's missing some throws. Like I remember he threw that ball low to Devante and it's not like that should have been caught, but like he, he's missing a few throws, but most, for the most part, Rogers is putting it on the money and, and guys just aren't making some of those plays that they should. Um, so to me, like they just have, to, they have to figure it out. It's a kind of a mix of everything, Griff. Like you said, it's not one singular thing. It's not like Aaron's playing bad, or it's not like oh the receivers are dropping passes, or the receivers aren't getting open, or the offensive line can't protect. It's kind of a little bit of everything, and it's it has to do with some of the things schematically too, especially when they, in terms of the deep stuff, they have to do better trying to find that, and it, it comes in the red zone too, where they kind of just fall apart as it seems. Uh, so all of that combined has been an issue which makes it seem like it's going to be tougher to fix anything on offense because there's so many different things that go into why they aren't having as much success as they did last season. Yeah, Aaron just, it's like some of these plays, he's hitting the receiver in the hands, but at the same time, it's like, dude, just step into your throw. Just crank your hips, bro. Put it between the numbers. It's like the the 50-yarder to Dylan in the fourth quarter where he trucked like four people, like, uh, that easily could have fell incomplete. Now, are we going to get mad at Dylan for that? Not really. It's like... Aaron, come on, just make it easier for for your receivers to catch these kinds of things. And uh, just, I don't know, does he get lazy sometimes? Maybe, where he just doesn't want to work on the footwork. He hasn't had to for most of his career, but it's that same thing that we saw in 2019 where in 18, where it's like, dude, just step into your throw for the love of God. Please, dude, come on. Um, and I think I think the offense is just, it's just would run so much smoother if – all the passes were where they should be. And hopefully he plays better. Hopefully if Boxiari comes back, we get more continuity on the offensive line. He'll be able to, you know, sink back into what he was last year and really crank these throws out. He's such a weird quarterback, man. It's like he goes, he's kind of like streaky. Like he'll go on stretches the first, what, six or seven, eight years of his career. He was like, He's what everyone thought of Mahomes until this season. It's like he's the best quarterback this sport has ever seen. And then he has these years like 20, 2015 and 2018 and 2019 where it's like he's good, but he's not he's not the, the superhuman he once was. And then out of nowhere, 2020, he's back to that superhuman and he wins MVP. Maybe that's even the best season of his career. And then this season, we're kind of back in the vein of 
some things are just sloppy and he's he's not looking as good as he did last year. I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. And I'm sick of people pretending like they do. It's just I don't know. Maybe it's just variance. I don't know. But I think obviously the the offense works much better when he's when he's playing like a superhuman. Yeah, he masks a lot of those issues like that are pretty normal and consistent with most offenses. Issues arise, but the quarterback play can mask a lot of those things and we saw that last year. Um, how much of the, right, maybe it is Aaron, like he's not playing superhuman this year and it's sad to say, but like, and if this is the last year, it's unfortunate that he's not playing at that same level he was in the MVP 2020 season. But, um, like I said, I don't think it's the last year and I really hope it's not regardless of the outcome of this season. I really hope it's not, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I wish somebody would ask him like why he thinks he's maybe not having the same success. Like he he has to know he's not playing as well as he did last year and it's like you know why why do you think that is Aaron like what is, is it, it is the, it the fact it, it, like you said griff is it the is it the throws like i he, i've noticed a lot of times he's like he's trying to make these throws falling away and it's like he could if he really wanted to just try to fire it in there but he's flashy he's he can do it the way he does it you know he can do it the, like the flashy way and at a really 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 high level but like if he was to, and I'm not going to sit here and question him, like, but if he was to make some of those throws a little sharper or try to really set his feet and make those throws, like, I'm sure the outcome would probably be better in some in some cases, right? So there's a lot uh, a lot of questions there that it's like, you know, is it the 2010 film, dude? That's what I'm saying. Remember that? He, did he like, fall away? What did from that? what did he was it? What did he say the 2010 film was? Wasn't it the footwork? Was it stepping into his throws, or is that in just rhythm. what my, in my mind it's, was? It was, it was playing in rhythm. Throw. It was. It was not even just playing in rhythm. It was his dropbacks, timing them with the receivers' routes. It wasn't. He said he was. His dropbacks were becoming lazy, lackadaisical, and he was watching this film and watching how he paired his dropbacks specifically with the receivers' routes and what he was looking for, and how that allowed him to kind of get in rhythm and set his feet and make a stronger throw. Some of these off-balance throws are because he's – it's a little bit – if you haven't noticed, Griff, there's a lot more off-schedule this year than we've seen – than we saw last year. I'm sure you understand that, right? And, and there's a lot that you have to look at with – he's not making those same consistent dropbacks with these routes and pairing it enough to set his feet and throw. A lot of the times, if he sees a guy open, he doesn't really care where his feet are as long as he gets that, – that, and there's benefits to that because as soon as he sees a guy's open, he just throws the ball, forgetting his feet. And, and a lot of times that puts a ball in position where if he takes the time to set his feet, you know, that takes up more time and the window of opportunity to hit those guys that are open is shorter and that creates less opportunity for completion. So there's, a, you know, it goes both ways, right? Um, I trust him in, you know, a hundred percent. I trust him to make the right decision, whether it's time to set his feet and make a strong throw or put the ball out there because the window of opportunity to make the throw to an open guy is so short that he's just going to put the ball there. You know what I mean? Like I trust him completely. Um, and I trust that we're going to figure things out. Like this is, this is the type of season where we've, we went through it in 2019 where it was like the offensive struggles happened. The defense was playing well. I mentioned this already 2020, the offense was lighting it up defense, not making consistent stops and getting off the field enough. And that cost us in the NFC championship game. This is the year we put it together. We've been through all these things already right? The offense has to get back to where it's at now because the defense has done its job to get us in position to win a Super Bowl. That's this, The defense playing at this level, that is a Super Bowl championship caliber team. But the offense has to do its part. And by doing its part, I mean playing at a level close to 2020 because the best team in the league has to be great on both sides of the ball. It's very, very rare where a team can be bad on offense or bad on defense and, and win the Super Bowl. And we're not bad on offense by any means, but we've got to be better, I feel like, if we want to compete in this really tough NFC and then go beat an AFC team in the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're still in a good spot. We're eight and two, top seed in the top seed in the NFC, maybe the best team in the league. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the Packers are at the top of most power rankings this week, which mean nothing. But it's like we're still in a good spot, you know. Just the offense, it's 
I don't know. Can they sustain this this winning trajectory that they're on? They've been able to win so many games. Rodgers himself hasn't lost since week one. Uh, it's some <laughs> it take it's taken a miracle at times. The Cincinnati game that easily could have been a loss. The Niners game uh, that we won with like thirty seconds left. Uh, and it was the the Arizona game that was a interception on what the three four yard line like. It's so many of these games could have gone the other way very easily. So maybe we're not as good as the eight and two record may imply. But the fact is that we are eight and two, and we have to treat this like an eight and two team. And I, I still I like the Packers Super Bowl chances this season just based on the the veterans that we have and how hungry some of these guys are, like Devontae, who's lost so many times in the playoffs. Rogers himself, we all know that. Uh, there, there's so many veterans who just want to ring so bad, and the, you know the team, the chemistry, it, it's all like a big family. It just feels like and. The team that the team that is close knit like that sometimes you just see them go on runs like the Eagles or the Broncos where it's like maybe they're not the best team in the league but they're still able to win. Actually, let's think about this, Bron. How how many times has the best offense in the league really won the Super Bowl? Because last year the Bucks for most of the year they were struggling. They were not the best offense in the league. Um, Twenty nineteen, the Chiefs, Mahomes was out. Remember, he he missed like four or five games. That offense did not look great until the playoffs. Um, twenty eighteen, the Patriots. They're the Patriots. Every every title they've won in the past ten years has been. It, it's like their offense hasn't set the world on fire, but they're always just consistently good enough to win games. Um, the the Eagles. They were missing their quarterback. Nick Foles went on a tear in the conference championship game in the Super Bowl. But other than that, their offense was not like top top tier in the NFL. And a lot of the times, my point is that a lot of the times, most of the gritty teams, the veteran heavy teams who are just, they, they just go on a run and it takes a little bit of luck. It takes a little bit of injury luck. And um, it's just some of these things, they can just go in a blender and you blend it together and you get a Lombardi trophy out of it. And that's what this team really feels like. And it felt like that last year, even more so. And it felt like that in 2019 too. But obviously both of those years we fell short and we, we just have to do everything we can to make sure that we don't fall short again because it's 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 getting real sick at this point, as we all know. And this team, it just it just feels like we have a good shot at winning the Super Bowl despite all of our all of our flaws. And the funny thing is, Griff, like I think about this upcoming matchup with the Vikings, and then I think about next week, uh, this Rams matchup, right? And everybody's kind of putting that, you know, they're circling that, right? But I feel I feel like we're going to go in there and beat the Rams pretty handily. And I think we'll do the same thing with the Vikings. It's like, I, I just have so much confidence in this team's ability to win. And it's not, it's not like you said, the offense isn't playing as well, but I just still have this like ultra confidence that we're going to go in and win games like that. And that's the, that's the feeling I almost didn't have last year. Like, matching up with the Bucks, it's like I felt like we were going to win that game in the NFC Championship and we came really close you know one or two plays changes that game completely but like it I feel different this year where it's like I'm so confident that we're going to go in and win because like we should be the favorite in most games that we play if not every game right like I just I'm so excited about the way this defense is playing and it just puts it gives the offense so much room for error and that's why we've, we've continued to win it's because the offense doesn't have to go completely mistakeless, right? Like it's, they can still make a couple errors when the defense is playing this well. And last year they had no margin for error in those games. And and especially the NFC championship game, they had no margin for error and they still almost won the game, but they came up short due to, you know, the defense not really making plays in the end. If the defense can make these plays until we see some kind of collapse, I feel strongly about our chances to win any game and that's why I feel like we can really win the Super Bowl because it's just about winning games. It's not about the best team or this or that. It really is about just winning football games and winning each game individually week by week. And whoever does that the most up until the end is the Super Bowl champion, whether they were the best team or not. I feel like we were the best team in the league last year. This year, I feel like the offense isn't there, but the defense is. I still feel like we're the best team. But I don't think that will matter in the end. I think this team is more capable of winning big games against great teams um, than it was last year, just based on the fact that this defense is balling out. 
Yeah, and that was one of the big things in 2019, that we didn't beat any really good teams. And this year, we already have. We've beaten the 49ers, who just beat the who just beat the Rams on Monday night. We've beaten the Bengals, who are going to be in the playoffs. We've beaten the Steelers, who might be in the playoffs. It's we, We've had some signature wins. I'm forgetting someone. I know I am. I know for a fact I'm forgetting someone. Someone recent. Oh, the Cardinals. Obviously, that's it. The Cardinals. Uh, we, you know, we've we've had some games against some of these of these heavy hitters in the NFL, and we've been able to win. And it's maybe we're due for another 2019 NFC Championship where we run into a team who just is our complete mismatch against us, and they're able to run right through us. Maybe that's going to happen, just like the Saints did in Week One. We're still capable of having games like that Week One game. But it just, I don't know. We've just been winning games, and I'm going to enjoy it. And hopefully it continues this week against the Minnesota Vikings, who have a great run game, just like the 49ers do in that 2019 NFC Championship game. And our run defense, its it really hasn't been tested a whole lot. They've they have looked better than they did in, under Mike Pettin, and they've they have looked pretty strong with, with the guys that we have in the trenches. But a lot of the teams, they just kind of look at our secondary and commit to trying to throw against us, and it, it hasn't worked out. But if anyone's going to commit to running the ball against us it's going to be the minnesota vikings who have had so much success with dalvin cook through throughout the years and even last year week eight remember that game week eight braun god that game sucked we lost at lambeau field the vikings i think it was their second win maybe their third it was like it was insane i don't know how i still do not understand how we lost that game we only had like two possessions in the first half it was one of the weirdest games ever no fans it was windy uh but they won that game by literally just giving it to dalvin cook over and over and over again. And he ran all over us. I think he had 200 scrimmage yards. It, it was not a fun game to watch for the defense, but the defense obviously is playing a lot better this year. Devondre, Devondre Campbell, Campbell, Devondre Campbell has been a difference maker at the inside linebacker position. So hopefully they can kind of shut some of that stuff down. And Joe Barry, maybe he won't give as much on the ground as Mike Patton was willing to do. But even if they come into the passing game, they've still got weapons there. So it, who knows what could happen? Who Really, who knows? The Vikings offense does have a lot of playmakers. You think about the guys that they've got. And in a league where a lot of it is based on winning your one-on-ones, um, can Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen be contained against, you know, whether it's Kevin King, Eric Stokes, Shannon Sullivan, Rasul Douglas, can we contain those guys? Because those are two really good receivers, right? Kirk Cousins is, you know, he's a good quarterback. He can play in this league, obviously. Um, but the weird thing is, is like the Vikings offense has not been enough for them to win a lot of games this year. And they're kind of sitting in the middle of the pack. Um, there, it looks like they're going to get some bodies back. Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson among those guys. And, um, you know, what's the situation there? Like, is, is their defense really going to be able to stop anything from the Packers offense? Like, is that the matchup we should be interested in? Because, you know, is the, is the Green Bay defense going to be enough to do those things against Minnesota that, we're going to be able to control most of their running game, have to make them throw the ball, et cetera, that we always talk about. Is it going to be the Green Bay offense trying to do things against this Vikings defense? And these two have matched up a lot. These defenses, these teams, these these offenses, we've seen all these guys collide um, over the years, and Mike Zimmer and, and Matt LaFleur and that matchup, we've seen it, right? So this is a very familiar matchup, uh, big one, of course, because – you know, we win this game, the division's locked up. I mean, you can't, there's not that, not like we're not going to win the division already, but, you know, that puts us, what, six games ahead, five games ahead. We're sitting at eight wins. Vikings have four currently. You know, it's over at that point, right? So this is the kind of situation where we can go out, get another division win, basically stamp our ticket to the playoffs, uh, and, and kind of just see what we've got um, against a good football team, right? This is just another good test, another good football team. Um, and I'm excited because Dalvin Cook is certainly going to test us in the running game uh, pretty much like no other this year. Um, so that should be a fun one. Yeah, this this game is at 1 p.m., so Kirk Cousins will probably play well. He's been a good quarterback this year. Other than <laughs> other than the Sunday night game against Dallas, he's been good this year, and we know how he plays in primetime. But if you look at historically Kirk Cousins on the Vikings against the Packers, he's played very well other than that 2019 Monday night game where he stunk it up because the lights were on. But every other game he's played well. You remember that 2018 game, week two, where we tied? He played like 
really well that game and it was very upsetting and then it's like he's last year the week eight game he played very well he's just very efficient he's not a lot of flash but he's just going to get the ball where it needs to go and he's got guys open most of the time and then he can just hand it off to dalvin cook and he'll do a lot of the work despite their poor offensive line so they've got a good offense there and they've given green bay trouble a lot in the past and the defense you never know what mike zimmer is going to throw at aaron Rodgers. he talks about how he hates playing aaron Rodgers because he's so good but he's been he's been quite the foe for Rodgers. he's been able to to hold him down a lot of times in their matchups and uh this this season their defense is not very good last year it was even worse than it is this year but they were still able to win and kind of shut down our offense for a lot of the game in week eight but Bashad Breeland, he's starting for them. We know him very well. He played like half of 2018 with us. Remember that, Bron? Uh, he's starting for them, and he's not played well at all this season. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander isn't playing very well either. Dantzler at the corner. Patrick Peterson, he's not playing very well either. And so they've, they've got holes in the secondary, and that's how most teams are able to win against them because they have a pretty good offense, but they're still only four and five because their defense is just giving up more points than the offense can score most of the time. That's how football works, funnily enough. And hopefully the Packers can just do more of the same because we know the offense this year, the Packers offense has not played very well, but knowing maybe the defense can come to play and hold the Vikings to, you know, under 20 points maybe, and we're just going to be able to score just enough points, which is what we've done in most games this season. What did we say so often last year, right? We were playing these games, and the defense was playing well at times, and we would be like, oh, well, you know, we just did that against Matt Moore. like, And it's like, okay, but what are we going to do when it's Russell Wilson or Tom Brady, right? And then those games where we would play those guys, we would have a bit more trouble on defense. This year, it's a different story. It's like we've been tested now three games in a row against three really good quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. And they've kind of shut him down completely. Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson having the two picks. Patrick Mahomes not throwing any picks, but completely inefficient, low completion percentage, low yards per attempt, all of that, right? Kyler Murray throwing picks, neutralized in the running game. This defense has shown up and showed out against really good quarterbacks. And that was a concern last year. This year, that's not the case. So there's a lot of reason to believe that this defense can show up and play in that same level against a guy like Kirk Cousins, who's not in that echelon of quarterbacks, right? But he's certainly still a decent player. So it gives you hope that this defense is going to come out and play similar football to what they've been playing against some of these other elite offenses. The Vikings are not an elite offense, so you have to think that this defense can certainly come out, play well enough for Green Bay to win. And that's what you go looking forward to every week against this, you know, when you're looking at the Packers against whoever they're playing you know that the defense has a great chance to show up and play well because they've done it so often, and it puts a lot of less pressure on this offense and Aaron Rodgers. Certainly, and they're able to tackle well. They've tackled better than any Packers team I can remember. That's a fact. And they just, they're taking away the deep stuff. So as long as we can get pressure in Kirk Cousins' face, we can take away the deep stuff that Justin Jefferson is able to create, which we've done all season long, then it should be another successful outing for the for the defense. We know how Kenny Clark plays against the Vikings offensive line. He should be in Kirk Cousins' face all day. Maybe we create a couple turnovers. I, I just you remember the the Cleveland game, the Minnesota Cleveland game a few weeks ago, Ron? The final score was like fourteen to ten, or maybe even uglier than that. I think it was fourteen to three Cleveland. Maybe that maybe I'm wrong. But they were able to just shut down the Vikings offense. Maybe we can replicate that that defensive game plan and kind of do the same thing, which I can totally see happening because if you confuse Kirk Cousins a little bit, he completely shuts down and he's not good in the face of adversity. Anything else? No, what do you say we what do you say we give our predictions here and then I got a few qu- fan questions for us. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right, so my official score prediction will be uh <laughs> do we finally get over the 24 point hump which we've been unable to do? Uh I I'm going to say so. I'm going to hope so. I'm going to go 27 just barely over that hump. 27 to uh 17. Is do we do we win anything if we get this right, Bron? Just Maybe uh, we could have gotten a score prediction right this season and neither of us would have noticed because, well, yeah, you don't like the, you never like the score predictions. I think it's just a fun throw a number out there. I don't know. I'll say that. It means, I will say it means zero, literally nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, in that same vein, I'm going to go with, let's see, pick a number in my head. I'll go with 29 to 13. Big win for the Packers here. Now give me your X factor, Griff. Because that matters a little bit more. Uh, 
Uh, the X factor. It's got to be um, Kenny Clark. It's got to be Kenny Clark. I think he's going to have three sacks. Book it. Three sacks for Kenny Clark. Three sacks for Kenny Clark. That's a big one. For I am interior go defensive with, lineman. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's a that he's been dominant pretty much all this year, and the fact that we didn't talk about how he was. It looked like he may be out for a while when he got hurt in that Kansas City game, and then he comes out and he plays the next week, and he was disruptive as usual. Um, he's been so great this year. The fact that he's been able to stay on the field is always great, and and like you said, I feel like he's going to have a big game this week as he usually does against Minnesota. To me, I'm looking at this offense, right? It's easy to say a guy like David Bakhtiari, who we're hoping comes back. So I'm going to go with Alan Lazard. I feel like he needs to come out and play better than he did last week. He needs to catch passes when they're thrown his way. I love what Randall Cobb's been doing. He's been so good just in every game. He was he was basically Jordan Love's favorite target. You know, him and Adams obviously did a lot of the damage, but Cobb was very easy for him to go to. And he had a lot of success when he did it. And then, you know, him and, and Rodgers have been on such a great connection this year, and that's still going. I feel like even when Rodgers doesn't play his best game or whatever, they find a way to give Cobb the ball, and he's always making plays. So I feel like Cobb is doing his thing. Devontae will always do his thing. Lazard needs to kind of get back in the mix, play well, and uh, that'll be a big key to what they do on offense with MVS also. Um, hopefully he gets more targets and more catches and more deep downfield stuff that I feel like Lazard should start getting to as well, but he has to make those plays, and, and I feel like that's a big key to this game. Well said. Let's let's crack open these fan questions. What do you say? I asked for them on my story, at All Day Packers on Instagram. Uh, maybe fo- give me a follow. You can you can answer something, or you can ask ask a few questions next time. Um, this one from Myers underscore 50. How early can the Packers officially clinch to North LMAO? I'm not sure about officially. I'm really not. But, I mean, it would take an all-time collapse for the Packers not to win the NFC North this season. It, like an, a Rodgers ACL tear or something something out of the blue like that because it would it would take a lot. Well, you, th- you start doing the math. If we get over the Vikings this week, that puts us at nine. That keeps them at four. Chicago is at what, three? Or are they at four already? They have three wins, they right? Are, yeah, they're at three. Yeah. Well, they've had a bye, so so okay. with the Vikings. So I mean, you think about if Green Bay gets, I mean, once they get to 11 wins, that's it really because Minnesota has already lost five games and Chicago's lost five games. So those when, that's that's basic math right there. Once you get to 11 and then Green Bay is going to be in a position where it's almost, I, I think 11 would There's probably 17 do games. It. There's 17 games. Ah, You're thinking of the 16-game schedule. Uh, you know? So Okay, well then it, it forget so the official. Twelve. I don't games. know anymore then. 12 would do it, <laughs> yeah, I guess, probably, yeah, but... Well, I mean, we could we clinch it this week. It's it, Minnesota is over, and after that yeah. happens, once Minnesota is over with, then that's it. I mean, it's really over. But you know what they say: the North is not enough. We need more than the North. The North is a given at this point. In our, <laughs> I got that in our, on a T-shirt, Ron. Yep, we all do. And the North at this point is a given with Aaron Rodgers, Matt Lafleur. That's a that's a given. And the North is not enough. We need more. We need Super yeah, we Bowl don't championships. Hang for that. Championships. Yeah. We need Super Bowls, and that's the time. Yep. All right, this this question from AAR underscore ONAC12. Can the Packers win against the Vikings? Well, listen to the last 10 minutes of the 15 minutes of the podcast. and I would say yes, there. probably. I would say yes to <laughs> that say, question. I'll say yes as well. Um, this one from Jackson.Odenbach. Hope I said that right. Opinion on Robert Tunyon next year. That's an interesting player because he will. he's scheduled to be a free agent. He He's kind of, I don't want to say hurt himself, but he, he is... You know, he's not in a good position because he did not play well in the eight games that he did play this season. And then he tore his ACL. So if he could have put together another season like he had in 2020, he would have been due for a big time payday. But now it's it's kind of he's kind of in the spot where we're probably going to bring him back on a pretty cheap deal. Maybe a one year prove it deal like we've seen Green Bay do in the past, as they've done with Mercedes Lewis for like four years in a row. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Griff. I, I feel like it's going to be a one-year situation where they're able to get him back in the fold. Probably not likely if he was to have a similar season as, to, as he did last year. Um, they'll get him back cheap. You know, he, he will be back in Green Bay, if I had to guess, unless the, off, the front office just wants to move on, which I highly doubt. You know, I, I think Tunyon will probably want to be back, and I think he will end up coming back on, a, some, on something similar, like you mentioned, one year, a chance for him to make his money that he's now lost by being hurt and not having a good start to the year. 
Agreed. Uh, this question from Tyler Dot Up with two Ps is: Kevin King actually as bad as everyone thinks he is? Yeah, when he's bad, he's very, very bad. But when he's good, he's been good. That sounds like a stupid statement, but it's true. Like he's very streaky. He he makes plays when he's you know in good position. But he's he's obviously we've all seen him play very bad football. Um, right now he's playing good football. So let's hope that continues. But as we've seen in the past, he's very streaky with how he plays. And once he's playing bad, they have to not be afraid to pull him out and put like, you know, when Jair is back, um, if Kevin starts playing bad, you know, just go with Jair and Stokes and Rasul and Chandon and kind of rotate those guys. Like you could put Kevin in, in spots, but I mean, it's whatever, whoever's playing well is, is really the key. Whoever's playing well enough to, um, to show that they're ready to play significant playoff snaps against good players and good teams. We saw what happened in the NFC Championship game. Brady just picked on the guys that were like, you know, we've got the undrafted free agent, Shannon Sullivan, and we've got Kevin King. And those guys have been masked by other guys that are, and not have been exposed in, in that year. They just weren't as exposed. And then Brady comes in and knows, okay, he's not an all-star caliber player. And I'm going to target both of those guys. And he had a lot of success doing it. And it was a great game plan. And they executed it really well. Um, so we have to be wary of something like that happening where a, like a team like the Bucks goes, Rasul Douglas was on a practice squad five weeks ago. And, you know, like the, we have to be wary of a team trying to pick on those guys because they're playing really well, but they're not like they don't have a, a history of being really good players. They're just playing well. We have to be wary of that, I feel like, because that's what cost us last year. Yeah, well said. Last question here from G-A-B-R-X-L. Do you guys actually live in Green Bay? No, I do not. I live in Florida, actually. Bron? I live in New Jersey, but Griff, we both have a lot of a love and affection for the state of Wisconsin. We've both been there a ton. We've both got family from the area, right? Um, yeah, right. We yeah, both my, love yeah. Lambeau, right? We, we've been there a lot, and, and we enjoy it and love it, and I think we both have aspirations to live there one day. Yeah, for sure. Here's my story with football, Bron. I'm only saying this because I, I really don't know. I really don't know yours. Mine is, uh, I, 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 my stepdad, his family's from Wisconsin. I did not watch football for the first nine, ten years of my life. And my stepdad, big Packer fan from Wisconsin. And so I kind of adopted the Packers as my team, and the rest is history now. Obviously, I'm a super fan, and I, I would love to I go to Wisconsin like twice a year. Got all kinds of family up there. Go to Lambo a bunch. Going to a game against the Bears four weeks from four, four weeks from this week. So uh, it's it's fun. Bron, what is what is your story here? Well, my story is it's not really a great story. It's well, wait, Griff. First, I want to ask you. So, did you watch the Super Bowl twenty ten? Yeah. Well, no. Well, I did. I knew it was on. I remember because my friend. I was only what was I eight years old. My my friend, his dad was a big Steelers fan, and um. I remember just rooting, hope not rooting. I didn't watch, but I was just hoping that the Steelers would win. But that is my first memory of the Packers. I, have I been canceled? Is the woke mob going to me? <laughs> I mean, that's funny because I was actually lucky enough to be rooting for the Packers watching that game. So I have actually experienced a Super Bowl, and you have not. I didn't. I did not yeah, know no. that or realize yeah. that. Wow. Okay. Because no, I actually I, that was my first year watching. The Super Bowl year, I remember my my family was telling me like, oh, the Packers made it. And I'm like just getting into it for the first time. And I had no clue what a wild card was, but that's what Green Bay was. We were the sixth seed and we made it in the playoffs. So everybody was all excited and they just kept winning. And I really I feel like the Super Bowl was the first game I remember. Like I remember watching those other games like the BJ Raji interception. Like I remember those things. And then like seeing the Super Bowl. I remember running up and down my hall after they won. Like that was, that was like the that's the feeling we're all searching for, like wanting to win a Super Bowl. And we've sat here for ten years hoping for it again. Like I remember the feeling I had when it was like, and I didn't even realize to the fullest extent of what it means to win a Super Bowl. Like you just don't know because as me being that I'm, you know, that's my first, that's really my first season watching. It's like you don't know the hard, long fight it takes to actually take and get and win a Super Bowl especially after not having been in years where we didn't. That was my first, um, and we won. So it's like it, it's just now you realize how great it really is and how special it would be to get back there again. So that's pretty much my story. Um, 
it's not, you know, it's nothing crazy. Right. But it is like, it, it kind of puts things in perspective. And for me, it's like, that's why I want to get back there so bad. It's because I felt that I felt a glimpse of what it would feel like now. It would not even compare to how great I would feel now if we were to go and win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers for all those guys. Um, it's, it would just be a special thing. And, and Griff, you understand that too, but not being there, I did not know. But luckily, I was able to watch that game rooting for the Packers and, and to see us win it was special. Yeah, I have no idea what it would feel like. No idea. <laughs> That's what makes me want it every single year. My, my feeling after the 45 Super Bowl is I feel bad for Mr. Paul. It's sad. Oh, I, that's sad. Mr. Paul's team didn't win. That's it. Uh, you know, every year it's like, oh, I can't even. I watched the Super Bowl every year. Last year it was the Bucks, and just anger through my veins. Anger that their fan base gets to experience this, and Tom Brady gets to be on the podium all happy. It's like God. What I would give for a Super Bowl. <laughs> I like it's this it's so hard to say like I've never seen a Super Bowl I've, I've been alive for a Super Bowl but I've never like you know I've never been a fan when my team wins the Super Bowl and uh knowing how it felt when the Bucks won the won the finals over the summer like I was so happy like I, I care about the Bucks about one percent about as, as much as as I do the Packers so knowing how that could feel is amazing just to think about and that it makes every playoff loss that much more painful Every year, like you said, every year that goes by now that we don't win it is just like heartbreaking. It's like this. I mean, if this if we don't win this year, it's like I said this last year, like us not winning last year. I was like, that was probably our best. That was our best and only last chance to really win it because of the. I thought we were going to lose a lot more guys than we did. You talk about Aaron Jones other guys that I thought weren't going to be around, but they've compensated for those different things and they've kept Aaron Jones. They lost Lindsley, but they kept Jones and other guys like they the additions that they made kind of made the defense better somehow, even though they really didn't add anything in free agency apart from Devondre Campbell, which was not a splash move. Nobody thought that was going to be what it is now. Right. So like this year, it's it's probably a little different because the futures of Aaron and Devante and other guys are truly up in the air and the cap space is an issue. But I mean, this is the year, like, I feel like we have if, to go and win it. If we lose in the playoffs this year, I don't think it's going to, I think it's going to hurt way more than any, any other playoffs lo- playoff loss. Cause every other year is like, okay, we lost, but there's always next year and it's so painful, but next year we can win it. But this year, man, it's like, we really do not know about Devante. We don't know about Aaron. We don't know about any of it. And it's funny that you talk about like, like every single season, it's literally like, Oh my God, I cannot believe we haven't won a Super Bowl yet because my first season really rooting for the team was in 2013. I vividly remember watching the Bengals game that year and I was sitting on the floor. I'd, I'd never really tried to watch a game before. Didn't even know what a first down was. And it was like, I remember being like tied late in the game and I think they lost. And I was like, wow, I was sad when they lost. And I was like, wow, I can't believe, I can't believe I felt something. So I, I watched the team the rest of the 2013 season. Obviously we lose in the, in the playoffs. And then 14, that was my first year where like every single week I was watching and I cared so much. And I still, to this day say that the 2014 NFC championship game was the most awful I've ever felt ever. I was literally depressed for like three days, as were a lot of Packer fans. But anyways, I was in seventh grade, and I remember thinking like, wow, uh, next year we're definitely going to win it. Like next year we're definitely going to win it. And if I would have told myself that, I'd go all of high school, all of middle school and all of high school without seeing a Packers Super Bowl win, uh, I wouldn't have believed my future self. You know what's crazy about that 2014 championship game? That loss was so devastating. Like you said, like I was I was like devastated. Like that that was so tough. And I was like, we, we were both in seventh grade, right? Yes. And we, I was, yeah. I was so like broken up about it. Like that just ruined my football fandom. And I was like, I need to do something like to figure out what, like I need to get my Packers love back because that was so bad. Like, and I need to do something to like re-energize the love I have for this team and the excitement I have for the game. And funny enough, Griff, that's how I started Lambo leapers and that's how my page came to be and then since then here we are to this day so there w- it was almost like if that didn't ha- like if we won the super bowl would i have started an instagram page probably not 
but I mean, I don't know who knows. Right. But like the fact that we lost and then that just, I, it inspired me to like, I need to do something to like ignite my fandom again. Like, and it did, and that's what I did. And so like, even though that was the worst loss I can ever recall, that is what kind of started what's become now Lambo leapers. And, and so there's a special part of that. Um, it, it's almost like a silver lining that was, it's almost worth it in some ways, but the fact that we haven't won another Super Bowl makes it not worth it. So let's go and do that this year, guys. Yeah, and I've told you this before, Ron, but it's so funny because we're the same age, but I, I, I obviously didn't start my page until 2017. So those three years, I remember in eighth grade, I was really starting to like follow Packer pages on Instagram, and I followed you. And I, I, had, I was going through my, one of my old phones from middle school a couple years ago, and I found screenshots of your old posts, which I think is so funny now because we're such good friends now. But anyways, that's enough of the memory. They say stuff. never meet got... your heroes. They say never meet yeah. your heroes, Griff. How'd that turn out? It, yeah, I should have listened to that that saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to use the bathroom, Bron. So let's wrap this one up. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we kind of went off schedule there, but it was fun. Fun little conversation we had. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week, hopefully after a Packers W over the Minnesota Vikings. I hate the Vikings, by the way. Like We didn't even talk about hate the, this podcast. Too. The I hate worst. them, too. The worst. They're 10 times as much as I hate the Bears. Like the color purple i hate it the color the, the the stupid horn their stadium their coach their quarterback Kirk cousins oh god there's nothing like it in sports the feeling i have towards the minnesota vikings their fan base god um what was i saying that's gonna do it thank you so much for listening we're we're an hour into this thing please uh leave a review like it share it on youtube spotify itunes google play Google Podcasts, whatever it's called. Wherever you listen to your podcast, we're there. Go find us. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the, the podcast page is today in Titletown on Instagram, today Titletown on Twitter. Thanks so much. Leave a review. Shoot us a DM. Uh, go Pack Go. Thanks for listening, everybody. Grab a Purple Crush this weekend and go Pack Go. All-time Rogers moment right there. Oh.